I'm going to start the next. Is Tumblr still like alive? Like do people start like, remember how people used to start Tumblrs and then we get like a book deal? Yeah. I don't know if it's the same thing now. I am the, usually the latest to a platform. So if I'm thinking I'm going to start something revolutionary on Tumblr, Tumblr's dead. Yeah. Well, I feel like I don't see those like, I don't, I feel like I don't see like Tumblrs for stuff anymore. I feel like it's like, if you're going to have a, a, a joke thing, it's going to be a Twitter account. Like you're going to have a joke Twitter. I was really hoping Twitter was done. Uh, Twitter's not done. Well, it's like Twitter's, not, Twitter's done. not done. Like I literally, I saw, um, I was looking at the other day. I was, I was doing some, some Googling just to, I'm making a spreadsheet of like, uh, what literary agents represent writers that I like. Oh yeah. Um, and writers that I feel like I'm similar to just in case, you know, later on, if I'm like, Oh, maybe this is maybe something that would appeal to you. Who's William Shakespeare's agent. Cause I feel like I'm the next one of him. So get me that guy on the phone. <laughs> Can you call him? Um, but no, like I, I remember seeing it was some big name agent. I forget who it was, but it was like, you know, most of their websites you can go and at least see on the agency's website. Like these are other clients that we represent. So people know like, Oh, they're legit or blah, 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 whatever. And on this one website, it was like such and such and like real author, real author, real author. And then down at the bottom, it was like Kim Kierkegaardashian. Kim Kierkegaardashian? Yeah. Have you not seen that? No. That's a, that is a. Is that uh, a Tumblr? It is a Twitter account. It is a uh, very oh. popular like fake Twitter account where it mashes up quotes from Kim Kardashian and quotes from Soren Kierkegaard. Just like one sentence of both of them? Uh, well, you can Google it, but it's like, it's basically <laughs> just like tr- it's turning Kim Kardashian quotes into philosophy. That's and that person has a book deal. Is my point. <sighs> well, I'm never gonna be the thing. I'm never gonna be on top of it like that. Well, it's okay. Well, also, was... guy in your MFA has a book deal. <sighs> I did have like geriatric boyfriend for a while because Damon used to say like the oldest things <laughs> to me. But I don't have a following of any amount of people. It yeah, was I like don't really me know and how then people also do myself. that get people to follow them yeah i don't know how. if you're the president you pay for them and they're fake well yeah but <laughs> i don't know how like going viral works these days i'm not i'm not good at internet no same she says on a here podcast. we do on a podcast <laughs> i hope this is all the cold open and people are like what podcast am i listening all three to? minutes of this yeah this all is three minutes for the theme song yeah we don't even need skip I mean, it skip, <laughs> skip it this is the gabbing hour okay, we're doing it live <laughs> Comes the bride, all dressed in. Why do we do half the things we still do at weddings? And who's gonna write all those checks? It's my wedding industrial complex. Welcome to my <laughs> wedding industrial complex. You're Tegan. And you're Liz. And this is an episode about wedding dresses. Uh, I, did you need that fanfare? I, I don't know, well, but it's you know, there for you. A lot of the wedding dress shopping experience is a lot less than glamorous. It seems like it would be a very fun time, but, uh, but only for other people. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I just... It's a vicarious. I mean, it's why we like watching things like Say Yes to the Dress or whatever, because it's like you get to watch other people go through the actual annoying part of being like, this thing doesn't fit. Or yeah. like, why does this sit on my butt so and weird? And they or, often edit that out. Yeah. Like, you and don't you just to get to watch the like, oh, wow, they found their look perfect. Dress. So pretty. Oh my God. And they all look the same. 
Oh yeah, all the dresses. Except the one, the the couple of ladies that would go into Kleinfeld's and be like, "Give me the new Panina Tournay," and it was always <laughs> is something... Panina Tournay a person? Yeah, she's a person. She's a wedding dress designer. Give me the best Panini flambe. <laughs> It's what do you like, have in a pineapple sorbet? <laughs> I saw this thing. My boyfriend sent me this thing. It was a Twitter joke uh, from last night during the Oscars that was uh, the the caption said, "Oh yeah, I love that guy. Uh, you know, he oh he directed uh, Shape of Water. What uh, what's his name again?" And then it showed a stock image of a uh, a like dummy that uh cops use as like shoot like target practice, uh-huh. and underneath it said ballistic gel torso. <laughs> This is almost as good as the times that it was like Benedict Cumberbatch, but like. Oh, yes, but all just the fake Cumberbatches. Yeah. You just make up like whatever thing you wanted. <laughs> as long as it fit the, what is that called? The the rhyme thingy. The yeah. meter. Well, it was like somebody, I, you know, RIP to the toast, but there was a thing on the toast many years ago about like a linguist. Oh. An actual human linguist broke down the like, why do all these Benedict Cumberbatch jokes work even when they don't rhyme and they're like not really the same amount of syllables or anything? <laughs> like, why do they work so uh, impeccably well? It's a different time. Speaking of things that work impeccably well, not wedding dresses. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet segue, Sweet Liz. Sweet segue. Good um, job. So here's where we are in the wedding process. This is according about to the Knot countdown. I believe we are at day 165 away from the wedding. Okay, I was like, is that is that in or is that out? Out. <laughs> we are 165 days in, fellas. <laughs> um, and it's not getting any better. <laughs> Darker we go. Um, Deep in the trenches. <laughs> uh, so. That's a it's a big jump from the last time that we recorded for sure. Yeah. Uh but um so where we at in the wedding planning process is I just bought a bunch of dresses on the internet. Yeah. And I had them shipped to my place of business. Yeah. And then I put them in a giant tote bag and carried them home. Yeah. A naf naf catering bag. Yeah, you did. For those of you in the know. Um of catering in the, bags. In the na- I was trying to do like in a, the nof, in the now. We in walked by Nof Nof with my sister and her friend, and her friend went Nof Nof. Who's there? And I've never laughed so hard. I believe that about you. <laughs> um, so I bought a whole bunch of them, and then I brought them home, and then on one ill-advised night when I was already feeling frumpy and alone. <laughs> I- <laughs> I put them on myself while Damon was away. As opposed to putting them on your cat. Ah, see, now if you didn't get in trouble for trying to return dresses with cat hair all over them, I totally would have. Because I think that would be really funny to see him just buried in tulle. Oh, yeah. Um, But just put it, just like put his body into a sleeve. I feel like that would work. Oh my gosh, you ever see those cats in like uh, tube socks? (laughs) (laughs) No, but now I want to. (laughs) Google that. Um. Yeah, I, I tried them all on in my apartment by myself while Damon was away, and it was a demoralizing experience <laughs> because <laughs> I forgot this. It is standard to most dresses. They are impossible to put on alone. You need a friend oh, yeah. to hold a zipper or pull it up Zippers for you. or do like 1,000 bajillion buttons, which like <sighs> just make a fucking escape hatch, guy. Please, <laughs> please just give me one of those old-timey minor long johns butt hatches to crawl out of. 
yes, I don't want to do all those buttons. Um, but I just have one of those things like, you know, when you're on an airplane, you know, when a you're rip on cord. An, yeah, a rip cord, you know, when you're on an airplane and it's like, uh, you can blow into the tube or you can just pull this tab to inflate your, your life vest. I it's like that, wish. but it like pops your dress off of you, <laughs> like turns tear, it into a giant parachute pants. and just, yeah, like tear away like pants. buttons up the side, just tear away pants, man. Do they make Missed bridal opportunities? Pants? <laughs> That's my internet thing. Um, making bridal make tearaway bridal pants. Tearaway pants. They're going to say juicy on the butt. Um, <laughs> so I tried Just on all like these dresses. Just like the good old days. <laughs> and they're all, they're all like, they have inner corseting and things like that. They're, they're, I picked relatively low key dresses, but putting them on by yourself is still uh No. Cause I, I tried them all on and I thought all of them looked horrible. And then a couple nights later I was like, Hey Damon, could you help me zip things up and tell me what you think of these dresses? And most of them looked good. And then you're like, Oh, oh. interesting how that works. It was weird. How things are constructed the way they're supposed to go on. <laughs> weird. Weird. But this weekend is, uh, the in-laws are going to meet each other. Uh, very exciting. Yeah. And also friends such as you. Yeah. I will be there in a I will be able to watch the whole thing unfold to see the whole thing. We're going to get, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to drink a lot of champagne <laughs> as, as well. You should. Um, but everybody's going to gather around mostly so that the in-laws can meet each other and we're going to try on wedding dresses and see what looks good because the traditional way of doing the wedding dress try on thing sounded like a nightmare. You mean just like going to do it in a store? Yeah. Because the more that I have been shopping for wedding dresses, the less I like wedding dresses. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like also like trying to do wedding dress shopping in a store when the potential object is that you like buy a dress that day. Yeah. Is I imagine it would be something like walking into a lush but like way more stressful somehow. Yeah, yeah. Cause there's where it's like everyone's trying to upsell you and they're like, you can't leave without this thing. I know what you need. It's this thing. This could, is really gonna make your life better. This is gonna buff all that dry skin off of your uh, head. Except you for know, wedding dresses. One bath bomb that costs ten thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can only use it once. Yep. Like a bath bomb. Exactly. Okay. And the salespeople are even pushier and also ply you with alcohol. And still covered in glitter somehow. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but <laughs> um, so, uh, have you ever done a wedding dress shopping experience? I have not. Oh, I have done it one time <laughs> at three places. I think we did. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like you have shopped for a wedding dress one time and it was this time. And, and it I was, was like, I mean, we just I mean, established that. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. What other time were you married, Liz? <laughs> Listen. I'm not going to talk about my past life. That's the plot <laughs> twist of this podcast is <laughs> that you are, you are once divorced. <laughs> I'm once divorced. Uh, if I was going to say if only, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't go through that legal kerfuffle. Yeah. Um, so when I did it the first time was for my cousin and she was the bride and I was her maid of honor. Mm -hmm. And we went to, I think three dress shops, which is actually probably on the low side, all things considered Eh. for people these days. Um, and the traditional experience is you tell them what you're looking for and you've seen say yes to the dress. Oh They'll yes. They'll bring you stuff. Many, many hours. That used to be my go-to hangover television. Yeah. Um, it's a lot less glamorous than that when you're not at Kleinfeld. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but they, like, and I feel like I would love to watch 
a sayest the dress spinoff that was like at David's bridal. Yes. Yes. You know, oh, I'd watch that. I would watch that. Well, that's where we wound up getting our, all of our dresses from was David's bridal. Yeah. Um, which for those of you who are somehow listening to this without any kind of wedding knowledge whatsoever, David's or- bridal is a big old chain store that sells bridal gowns and bridesmaid dresses and special occasion outfits and prom dresses. And a very nice man named David brings them all to you. One man named David. He works at every single location. He's like Santa Claus, but for weddings. (laughs) Bless you. And also with you. (laughs) Um, uh, so we wound up going there and the experience is like, you tell them what you want and they bring you a dress and you try it on. But the trick is that they have three sizes of these dresses, maybe depending on how popular the dress is. That's not very many sizes. No. I'm and they say. usually run right down the middle of the line on straight sizes, which are non plus sizes. So there's yeah. usually like maybe a four, a six and an eight or, uh, maybe a 10 if you're lucky. The trick being that wedding sizes are uh, more closely resembling what you would see in like 50s clothing sizes. So you should scale back the number at least one size. So when they say they have a four, a six, and an eight, they really have a two, a four, and a six. (laughs) So here's the thing. Yeah. This is the beginning of what will be a, you know, a a multi-year rant in my life, really. But like, (laughs) I... I'm of the mind that like clothing sizes should be abolished. Yeah. It should just say what like inches or centimeters. I I literally think that everything should be just based on measurements because like that is something that is universal. If, and then you would just have to, I mean, everybody would have to like learn what their measurements are, but that's fine. You learn that one time and then you know it and it's convenient. And then if you ever need to go to a tailor, you're like, I got this shit on On lock. lock. But seriously, like I, my weight does not fluctuate that much in my life as far as I'm aware, but I can wear uh, an eight, a 10 or a 12, depending on where I am and depending on what the item of clothing is. Right. And it's like impossible to know. I, I wear smalls in some things and extra larges in some things. And it's just like, there's no rhyme oh, or yeah. reason. There's no universal standard. It's all made up. And a lot of times vanity sizing comes into play, yep. which is just like, to make you feel skinnier, let's lie to you oh, plus, about what clothes you're wearing to make it harder to know. Is the worst about that because they'll be like, "Our size is a heart shape," and you'll be like, "Okay, what?" <laughs> like that's that's not a th- what. Like ba- back in the day, I don't know if they still do it. A certain plus size retailer sold jeans that were diamond or rectangle or circle. And then you'd have to figure out your number after that. And it was like one through five. What? And the diamond, the rectangular circle, I think was like body shape related. And then the number was like what waist human width. body is diamond shaped. It's when you have, it's like when you've got biscuit knees. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. And no. also you are crystalline and, and very expensive. <laughs> you live on a yacht exclusively. Um, no, I think it's that thing of when you you're widest around your middle, but most times people either call that like apple or pear shaped. Also, just everybody fuck off with your like cutesy little euphemisms. Oh, I know. Don't don't tell me what fruit my butt looks like. <laughs> Frankly, it's rude. Thank you. Like. There is one universal butt standard, and it is the peach emoji, and I will accept no substitutes. <laughs> okay? Yes, is you're either peach emoji or eggplant. <laughs> like, and that's it. That's it. That's, uh, that's gender-biased. 
Oh yeah. I mean, I've used I've used <laughs> the peach emoji for dude butts before. I think that's fair. Dude I don't butts think it's butt emojis. exclusive. I think if you flip it upside down, it looks more like a butt though, because nobody's got like a point unless you got a vestigial tail. <laughs> <laughs> Which who's to say? Who's to say? When was the last time you saw my butt? Tegan, <laughs> did you grow a tail? I'm not telling. Is it vestigial? <laughs> no, it's the other it's, kind. It's prehensile. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so my total gripe about like shopping for clothing in general is that I generally am a size 16 or an 18, which is uh, on the, l- the largest end of straight sizes and the smallest end of plus sizes. So I wind up kind of smack in the middle a lot of the time, um, depending on the place, because sometimes a place will say a 12 is a plus size and I'll be so mad. And you're like, what, who's, how who's dare making you? the ru- Who's flying the plane? Yeah, you who assholes. Put this on the ground. Um, so someone needs to be in charge of the regulations. <laughs> what am I doing here? Um, when I was shopping for dresses, that sizing, uh, guesstimation was a nightmare. I'm sure. Um, I ordered two dresses from the same place, in the same size, and only one of them fit me. What? I know. The same store. Same manufacturer. What? Calling you out, Beholden. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So there's Coming for you, anthropology's (laughs) fancy-ass fucking vowel-hating bridal arm. Uh, Oh, so let's talk about, like, traditional, like, costs of outfits, and like what you could expect to pay as oh, yeah. like a bride. Um, if you all your money, all your money. Um, if you are buying a traditional wedding gown, you like a like full length, maybe lacy, sometimes strapless or sleeveless gown. Gown. You can expect to pay uh, anywhere from like five hundred dollars to in the tens of thousands of dollars. Um, that was always my thing when I would watch Say Yes to the Dresses. I would watch and people would be like, my budget is $10,000 and not a penny more. And well, I'm like, And that's on the yo. low end for that show, right? Yo. I think they started like, you can't buy anything lower than $2,000. Yeah, that's like your top. And then they'll it's, be mad at you if you come in with that budget because they've got like the burlap sack dress. Right. And I just like, it's so bonkers to me. And I also just think it's so funny that people who come in and are like, I have $10,000 to spend on this dress that I'm going to wear one time, but don't show me anything more expensive than that. I'm like, once you're at $10,000 for a fucking dress, like what's another 400? <laughs> really, Brenda? Listen, your budget is your budget. I, guess, I mean, I guess. I'm not one to tell people how to spend their money, but like, oh, Brenda. Well, Brenda. Brenda. Um, I feel like we've talked about this before on this podcast. I'm sure that like, if your priority is a big fancy wedding dress and you want to spend that much money on it, more power to you. Yeah. Live your dreams. Um, the wedding budget that Damon and I have set for ourselves sort of precludes like gigantic dresses. (laughs) Sure. But also as a plus size lady, I don't really want to wear a thing that's going to make me look like an enormous snowball, you know? <laughs> sure. Who does? Really? I don't want to look like an avalanche on my wedding day. So, or a Bruce Fair. avalanche for that matter. <laughs> so who does? I, uh, I aimed for dresses that were not so bridally. Um, some of them were not bridal dresses at all. Uh, and I, anything can be a bridal dress. If, you if believe. you're wearing it on your wedding day. Yeah, no, it's true. Right. 
this is another thing is that uh, anything I, is a wedding if you I, do it as a wedding exactly like and, uh, this is my big thing it's just like people get so hung up on weddings and granted like do what your heart tells you is correct. But also like, as I'm sure we've said on this show before and we'll continue to say all the way through, like everything is made up. Yeah. And all the rules are fake. Yeah. And like, you don't have to do any of them. No. So if you're like, I just really want to look very pretty on my wedding day. Like you don't have to buy a wedding dress no, if you don't want to. You don't. It's not required. No the one... wedding police are not going to come for you. <laughs> wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. You're not getting married right. Get on the paddy wagon. <laughs> oh, they would have a paddy wagon, they too, because you know they you round up a fit. whole bunch of There's them. There's a lot of dress. There's a lot of dress. And, you know, if you're in there, then probably your whole bridal party's in oh, there. Oh, God. So and it's a that's whole. That's another episode. It's a whole to-do. Um. What was I going to say? Oh, let's talk about like when we talk about, we talk about all the time about how like traditions are made up and oh, hundred percent um, wedding traditions. I don't know if you already know this, but um, the popular myth is that like wedding dresses are white because it symbolizes virginity. Right. And you're supposed to be pure on your wedding day. You're supposed is- to be like, yo, what's up? <laughs> I've never seen a man before. <laughs> this dress is white. You know what that means? I still got a hymen. <laughs> Look at my hymen. <laughs> but don't. <laughs> like, don't. Like, don't do it right now. I mean, like, look at it later. I'm about to get married. Like, a, I, this is a, already very stressful for me. <laughs> I do not need a gynecological exam at this moment. Full of stress. Um, But in actual fact, wedding dresses are white because Queen Victoria picked a white dress when she got married. And it was the fanciest and most expensive thing you could do because it's incredibly hard to keep white clean. Makes and, sense. Um, and also white fabric is really expensive because generally it means it's like, you know, more refined and fine spun and, and right. things like that. So she decked you had, herself yeah, out you had to like work harder dress. to keep it from slipping in the mud. Yeah. Or getting covered in plague, I guess. <laughs> sure. This is, yeah. This is beyond plague. <laughs> we're never beyond plague. Mad Liz, Max we're still, de- we're still dealing plague. with plague. <laughs> we're still dealing with plague. Um, but uh, so it's not about virginity at all, really. Interesting. There I did are not know that. some wedding traditions that are about virginity, but like whatever. Um, not the wedding dress, apparently. That's very funny. I did yeah. not. You learn something new every day. That is also why wedding cakes are traditionally a thing because of Queen Victoria. She man, yep. QV, right? She was like laying down all the tradition bricks. Well, a white wedding cake was super hard to make too because it meant you had to have very refined sugar to get the white color versus like a brown cake thing. And people used to just get married in kind of whatever they were wearing. Yeah. This is a, you could find all this information where I got it from on an episode of Adam Ruins Everything um, <laughs> where he ruins weddings. It's delightful. <laughs> Made me well, feel, I feel a lot like that's better very fitting for our, our show. Absolutely. Um, so... The white wedding dress is sort of a, if you feel like it's necessary for your wedding, then go for it. But that tradition doesn't come from where you think it comes from. It really just comes from wanting to show the whole world how rich you are (laughs) and how good you are at keeping your fabric and sugar from falling in the mud. Yep. You've never touched mud. Uh, And if you're like me and you've touched mud before. Guilty. 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 I didn't want to do the traditional wedding dress shopping thing. One, because I wasn't crazy about the shapes that wedding dresses come in. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of they're them. They're dumb. Yeah. I mean, they're huge. 
They're enormous or they're like cut weird and then you try one on and you're just like, I don't want to get married trying to look like I'm Sofia Vergara at the Golden at the Globes. Golden Globes. <laughs> I don't want to wear, I didn't want to wear anything that didn't have like at least straps because I got boobs. Yeah. Strapless dresses. Listen, this is not <laughs> listen. Th- listen. This is not exclusive to weddings, but strapless dresses are a trap. Yes. And they're a scam. Yes. And I don't think they should have been invented. I think they do a weird thing because they're like battling gravity all day. It sort of pulls your boobs down and makes the space totally. between where your boobs end and your decolletage begin. Yeah. Look it really you, long. It gives you like a weird like grandma floopy thing. like <laughs> peck padding that nobody really wants. Peck you know that's what i refer to my boobs as all the time yeah peck padding but it's like not in a cute way no and it makes your your arms look kind of strange i think there's some people who can really work a strapless dress i mean look at the oscars red carpet sure i mean most of those people are thin and wealthy and have personal stylists and if you're one of those people go for it yeah if you're into it as always i sort of feel like if you're two of the three you're probably you're probably good you know one of the three yeah i don't think i'm any of those three I definitely don't have a personal stylist and I'm not particularly wealthy and I'm not particularly thin as we've just discussed. Yeah. So I'm, like, yeah, <laughs> I also am on, I've got zero of those going for me. So like, uh, you know, uh, I think we're all in about the same boat about this, yeah. but strapless as, dresses feel like a trap. Strapless dresses are a trap. It's the strap trap. Um, hashtag strap trap. Hashtag strap trap. Uh, get that trending on all your platforms. Every one of them. Um, but Xbox 360. As we say a lot on this show, bottom line, if you want to do it, go Go to town, but no one is going to come and tell you you have to. No police. Certainly not us. Oh yeah, definitely not. Um, the, I've been looking at, I don't know how to like wrap this episode up because I don't have a dress yet. This has not been picked. Well, there you go. There's like four options, um, that are like solid. That's good. When we're going to, we're going to try them on and take a look uh on on uh, this coming weekend go over me with a fine tooth comb see how it goes um but let's uh i mean is there anything about like how about veils do you know anything about veils i do know things about veils let's talk about veils because i feel like that goes along with the same veils and like you know accompanying accessories guess how much a veil might run you if you get one in a butt length butt length like it goes down to your butt mm-hmm where am I buying it from? Doesn't matter. Kind of like, if you're buying Is it- Is it a universal butt price? Well, I mean, like, obviously there's always the Dollar Tree of wedding stores. Sure. But, like, kind of generally across the board, you could expect to pay uh, for- $500. That's pretty on point, actually. Um, Not always. And there's, like, obviously there's, like, Etsy sellers who are ethical. Sure. <laughs> who wouldn't charge you that much. But you can find- um. Even on, like, the wedding dress shop that we were making fun of earlier, Beholden, is, yeah. like, Anthropology's wedding label. And they're actually, like, very affordable wedding dresses, quote-unquote. Sure. Because those things are stupid expensive, especially because, like, if you want something that is tailor-made to you, you're going to wind up shelling out more money for it. Right, of course. But they also sell capes, and they also sell veils and of their course they veils do because it's anthropology it is anthropology they sell capes they sell veils and they sell books with weird holes in them that you're just <laughs> supposed to stick on your shelf perfect <laughs> um but the veils can cost anywhere from like you made it yourself and it cost ten dollars to like i saw one that was cathedral length which means it goes down to the floor and then a bit behind you god uh for a thousand dollars yep 
Uh, and some of them are very fancy and they come with lots of cool stuff on them. And some of them are just a piece of tool with a ribbon around the edge and a comb to stick in your hair. And they can still cost you like 50 to $75. That is bonkers. Yeah. Um, the, (laughs) and the veil, I'm not super sure where that comes from. I think that that might be a religious ceremony thing. I know that there's a rumor that it comes from like you and your bridesmaids all wore the same outfit so that marauding bandits (laughs) trying to steal you away from your intended couldn't figure out which of you was the real bride and your bridesmaids could like literally take one for the team and like be marauded away man it seems like being a bridesmaid was originally intended as like a real hardcore like proof that you are a ride or die friend right kind of a situation sort of wish that it involved swords more like if you, yeah. all these dresses, like, could you imagine what dresses would look like today if in the past they had to conceal weaponry? Oh man. They would all look like Wonder Woman's I was dress. just going to say, they were all going <laughs> to, I was just picturing that. Like, yeah, they're all going to just have like a big ass sword right down their right back. Down their back. Which seems uncomfortable for your butt. Yeah. I don't know where, I don't know I'm what I'm imagining it's like twisted, on. like blade out so that it so would it's like, like blade tucked between cheeks. the cheeks. But I think that would cut Man, your anus. It would definitely cut your anus, but also like, damn, you'd have to have some strong buns to well, keep it there. Glute check. I mean, I'm sure she does, but also Absolutely. her You've poor anus. Her poor anus. Ah, <laughs> uh, Gail Gadot's poor that anus. Is not a sentence I was expecting to say That's on the this episode of, of the podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> no, so veils are kind of, I think, a racket. I think they're very pretty. Yeah, and sometimes like. A cathedral-length veil is really impressive to see, just, like, trailing behind a person. Totally. I imagine it would kind of pull on your head weird. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, and then if somebody steps on you, it's not just going to be the normal, like, oh, I'm going to trip a little, but it's, like, going to jerk your neck back, so like you're going to look like a like a real weirdo. <laughs> like that scene in My Big Fat Greek Wedding where she, like, goes to get him a pamphlet, but her head's still attached to the headset. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I love that movie. It's a good movie. Um, I was talking with someone about that the other day about how I think that is the only movie in which John Corbett was like the final romantic choice. Yeah. My mom hates him. He's always the like backup boyfriend who, you know, is never quite going to make the cut. He's like too artsy fartsy free spirited and he doesn't wear closed toed shoes enough to really wind up with the lady in the end. Right. Someone was reminding me this, the same friend was reminding me of, uh, the plot of the movie serendipity, which I'm gonna tell you, I have not seen. She, he's the like. The, the, the solid boyfriend. He's the non-serendipitous boyfriend. That movie is bad. I have not seen it since it came out in movie theaters it's, when I was like 11. They're both actively cheating on their partners through like writing notes and books and hoping they find each other. It's stupid and bad. Well, yeah, but I was reminded that like in that movie, John Corbett is like a famous solo oboist. Like is he Kenny G? That is his career. Is he's just like living the glamorous life of like a soloist, soloist? <laughs> I guess if you're good at it enough, then people will will come to see you. And, and maybe you're in like the early aughts, teenagers were really into oboes. It's like whatever teenagers are into, you know. Really, that that really does dictate the culture. And in like a pre-Twitter world, everything was different. Yeah, it didn't have to be about like Orbeez and filling bathtubs with slime. That's YouTube. <laughs> what is an Orby? There are those water beads that like they start out little and they're like silica gel packets really, but like oh. you get them wet and they like soak up all the water 
and they turn into like these little gelatin like balls. Weird. And they're like it's for sensory play. Oh, okay. And you like sensory you can, like, play. Scoop I know them. that that's a I know that that's a real thing. But whenever anyone says it, I just immediately think it's a sex thing. <laughs> Man. Which I'm sure it is, probably it can be, but it like exists on the internet. I'm just like that's a that is 100 percent a sex it's thing. 100 percent a sex thing. Well, it's like you know, people just like you throw the word play on the end of anything, and I'm like that's a sex, <laughs> that's thing. A sex thing. Well, when sex things like knife play exist, <laughs> it's called stabbing. You're like, yeah, but it's also a sex thing. Yeah, knife play. Knife play. Are the knives like rubber. No. What. You I guys, mean, don't this is Google risky it, behavior. I listen. I am in no position to give anyone sex advice, but like, <laughs> if you're gonna do that, be very careful. Knives are sharp. So veils. <laughs> so wedding veils. Uh, um, I I think also we're great at segues. I think also <laughs> that uh, wedding veils legitimately were like a. I think those maybe were a purity thing, probably because it was like you put on the veil when you go in the church, and then your father is the one who unveils you to your husband. Yes, and so it's this sort of like passing of the like. Now you are the one who gets to look upon her. Ew. It's gross. And I know that like there are some like religious ceremonies where you're like you're not supposed to see each other until you are like underneath a thing together like a, a shroud away from other people right and like i kind of think that's sweet yeah. it's like more about like this is a time just for you two right like, that seems kind of cool especially if it's like an arranged marriage and you've never really met each other before right having time for just you two would be kind of nice yeah um but uh i mean that's also why i sort of am of the mind that like it's kind of insane that weddings are public right like everything about a wedding except for the like dancing part yeah. seems like something you should do in the privacy of your own home. Well, I think that if you could like the historical nature of like the public level of weddings was definitely about like royalty, but also oh, for about sure. like and you know like anything a royal does is like public knowledge. Right. But as we've learned, as we've learned Queen V. Queen V and Kate Middleton, mm-hmm. but um and what's her face? Soon to be Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle. Which is a just a great name. Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle. I hope she doesn't change her name. Duchess of Markle. Um, <laughs> I think she's probably gonna. I think that's she the, might have to. That's the kind of partnerships, but when you're about to be the <laughs> wife of the <laughs> Prince of, of England, I think that's I think some of that flexibility goes out the window. Yeah, you're probably right. Um the veil that I am probably going to wear is not a veil at all, but more of a fascinator. The like, yeah, that's fun. Speaking that's of word. Kate Middleton, speaking of Kate Middleton, it's just like a little headband with a bobbly little hat business on it of some kind that just sort of sits against your head. But mine will be made out of a piece of my mother's wedding dress, which, which is lovely. I think that will be very nice. Um, as far as traditions go, that is a nice one. Right. I like the something old, something new thing. Um, yeah. My family does this thing with, it's the end of the poem with like a penny for your shoe or a half oh. penny for your shoe. And we have one that's been in like every wedding since, I think it's just been my mom, but it's been like my mom and my aunt and my cousin and then me. And I think it was, I'm not sure if my cousin, his wife wore it. Probably not. But that's cool. Yeah, you like hand it down and like it's in a little paper envelope that's like fancy and my mom has it in her like bedside drawer. That's adorable. It's cute. I'm excited about it. But you stick it in your shoe for good luck. I like that. Yeah. Those are traditions that I kind of think are sweet that like bring the people together. But what I was saying about like 
Um, it's about royalty when you do it publicly, but I think also it might've been about like this community is joining together and like these two big families, presumably when people didn't move around a whole lot, like are these two linking together and everybody should know about it. Hear ye, hear ye. Yeah. Um, which I think is cool. But also when you think about it, a wedding is kind of a private thing. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the weird thing is that it is like parts of it are very public and very social and very much about like, we're sharing this with all of our friends, but also like the whole ceremony aspect of it seems so intimate that like when I go to weddings, sometimes I'm like, I shouldn't be watching this. Yeah. Especially like I've been to a couple of Catholic weddings that seem like, like they're having a genuine moment, like observing with their religion Jesus. yes and like i feel like i'm not allowed to see it I yeah it's very it's a strange thing but i think that like kind of solidifies like when i was shopping for wedding dresses on the internet i was thinking about like what dress am i going to look best in photos and what dress am i going to look best with all of our friends and family around. Yeah. When I think of like all of our friends and family, I've been thinking about like them as public, like right. the public will see me and like, I want to, my look, public, my public. I want to look pretty. I want to look bridally. I want people to look at me and be like, she's getting married today. Yeah. And like, I don't know that I think that's actually the best way to go about it. Cause like, it's also made it really hard for me to find a, like feel comfortable or good in a dress that I put on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I kind of feel like you should aim to be comfortable and feel good in the dress that you're wearing. Or I mean, maybe not comfortable because a lot of dresses are not comfortable. A lot of pretty things in this world are not that comfortable. No, but you should feel good for yourself. Right. And I was trying on a bunch of dresses and this podcast will come out well after we've picked the final one. So who knows if this is actually the one, but like Damon was helping me out. And I was trying on all these dresses that were full of tulle and boning and horrible to put on my body, but they looked really nice. And then yeah. I came out in one that's just a slip on <laughs> and Damon's eyes lit up and it was real sweet. And like, yeah. he was like, this is the one that you look the most you in. Well, that's the thing too. Is like, I think there's a big, there's sometimes a big gulf between like the way that you like yourself best mm-hmm. like looks wise and the way that other people like you best yes. looks wise <laughs> and the way that like then the other people divide into different groups too of like you know other people it's like okay what what do my friends think I look best in like what does my partner think I look best in what does my mother think I look best in right. like all of those things and it's so hard to to judge all that and to say like all right well what is everyone gonna think I look the best in And so you kind of have to just go with what you feel the best in and what like you're the most excited about. And it's kind of like, if you're an actor, it's kind of like picking a headshot, right? You know, where it's like, you want to look like yourself so that when you walk in the room, people are going to be like, oh yeah, that's the person in this picture that I'm looking at. But also you want to look like your best possible, like best rested, like most glamorous self. Right. Really on my wedding day, all I want to look is like well rested with good skin and a nice hairdo. Yeah. Like that is probably going to be a lot for me. (laughs) Well, and also the thing about it is that like so much pressure goes into weddings and so much pressure goes into like how weddings are going to look. And so I think like the people that you invite to your wedding, if you are wearing something that you are happy about and you feel stoked and you're like, I'm excited to be getting married, the people that you invited to your wedding are going to be like, oh my God, she looks so amazing. She looks so happy and so excited to be married. And like, it's a... I think that if anybody is going to go to your wedding and be like, 
well, that dress was this like, girl. not my taste. Then you probably shouldn't have invited them to your wedding. What? These jerks. No, I think about that a lot. I think about the the fact that um, the internet and the wedding industrial complex sort of makes you feel hey, like. Hey, that's the name of the show. What? Turn off the podcast. We said the name of the show. It's over now. <laughs> um, but it makes you feel like uh, that this is like a big and we've probably talked about this before too, that you are royalty and this is your one chance to be a princess in your whole life and yeah. you have to do it now and you have to get it right this one time so you might as well throw all of your money at it and you might as well feel miserable but very thin and very pretty. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, that's exhausting. It is. And I don't know, there are just so many more interesting things you can be putting your energy towards. Mm-hmm when you're planning like the next major phase of your life. But it's also like you, you don't have to be pretty or perfect for another person's or the internet's idea of what right. a bride looks like or a groom looks like or anything like that. You should be doing what represents you and what feels correct to your heart. And like yeah, that this wedding, even though the internet makes you think it is a public event, is private. It's private to you and your family and friends. And yeah. like someone on the street will probably see you, but who cares? You don't know their name. Right. You're <laughs> never going to see them again. You probably won't unless they're Rahm Emanuel. I don't think I'll see him on the street. Who's to say? That's what true. if Rahm Emanuel fucking crashed your wedding? I don't know how I'd feel about it. I would feel negatively about it. Probably. I would tell him to leave. Get out of here, Emanuel. <laughs> Get out of here, you tiny rat man. <laughs> rat man you're a bad mayor and also you're very small go <laughs> he has a missing finger yeah it's weird i mean missing no. a finger and part of his heart oh that's not medical chicago but that's just burn. a that's just a chicago burn you better call chicago fire in here because we got a sick <laughs> burn for those of you who do not live in chicago that joke is probably not that funny but, yeah, but if you do if you do i'm here for high fives <laughs> just about does it for our podcast i think this was like a little meandery because i have complicated feelings about wedding dresses and don't currently have one picked out yet there's a closet in my apartment that is heaped to hip height full of tool and lace as well it should it's be like a weird alice in wonderland sea <laughs> my favorite kind you know um but that'll happen this weekend and we'll come back and we'll tell you all about how that went when we do it yeah. So, uh, you know, enjoy this in the past. Enjoy this in the past. By the time you listen to this, I might already be married. I don't <sighs> think so, though. No, probably not. But who's to say? Who's to say? Anything's possible. This comes out once a week. Um, thanks so much to our composer, Charles E. Miller, for her theme song and music for our podcast. As per always. You can find her at charlesemiller.com. Uh, you can find us at... Where can you find us? Oh, you can find us at our WordPress. But you can also follow us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice and leave us a rating and review. Um, And you can email us if you have thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, rude remarks, although they will be promptly thrown away. Or pictures of your wedding dress. Please send me pictures of your wedding dress. I love to ooh and ah. And if you know secret wedding trivia that we don't know, please send us that because I love trivia. Yes, give me wedding trivia. Yeah, and that's at uh, mwicpodcast at gmail.com. It is indeed. Um, Mwick, as I like to say. Mwick. (laughs) Mwick podcast. Mwick podcast. Um, catch us next time when we talk about something utterly dumb about weddings, you know, as per usual. So, uh, until next time, as always do Do what what you you can can afford. afford.